listening to great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right. Thinking right relationships right now. Right now. Herman, before we even do anything, because I'm with, where am I? I'm with stupid t-shirt. The arrow's pointing up. Mm-hmm. Could you just pray for us? <laughs> right off the bat. huh? That's great. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. We don't mention that enough. We don't talk about it enough. We do pray about it, but we don't really grab a hold of how amazing your grace is on a daily basis. I pray that we can understand what a real man is to be operating in on a daily basis also. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. Herman, I've heard you say many times that sometimes we have to hear something seven times Mm -hmm. before we get it. Our last (laughs) time together, you said real men are wimps. And after I said, huh, and relaxed a little bit, you started saying, Paul, real men are wimps, that we walk in mercy and power selflessly. Right. And you gave me seven attributes. Well, we gave you seven aspects of a sound love. That's the first aspect or first way that you want to be thinking about a real man. A real man is sound in love. We're also going to talk about sound and patience and easy to respect. Those are some critical things that a real man is also. But a sound love has seven aspects to it or seven elements if you want to think of it this way it's unconditional because it fits what christ has done for the church ephesians chapter 5 that we are to love our wives just like christ loved the church and that's an unconditional love sacrificial and he gave himself for her uh, sanctifying and purifying sanctifying cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word nourishing For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishing, and he cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Singular, leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then finally, visionary, that he might present her to himself, not having spot or wrinkle. That's an amazing list, isn't it? (laughs) Doesn't sound anything like wimp to me. No, it's not a wimp at all. In fact, it's being too cute when we talk about, you know, walk in mercy and power. Real men are wimps. Probably ought not be so cutesy with that because it is a very, very powerful terminology that we really want men to grab a hold of. You can't pull this off. You cannot do this without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit living the life of Christ through you. You cannot do those seven elements. It's impossible for you to be unconditional, sacrificial, nourishing, sanctifying, and purifying. You can't do it. And and another thing that I want to repeat here very quickly, if you notice, I mentioned the fifth element being cherishing. One of the things that we want people to understand is the vast difference between, and I do this often in a live class, but I ask a woman, what would make the difference? Would this term be more important to you than this term? And here's what I mean by that. If your husband said that he loved you, how does that feel? And most of the time they go, I, that, that's good. I like that. I like that. Then I come back and say, what if he said he cherished you? And almost invariably they say, oh, that feels so much better that he might say he cherishes me. Now, why do you think that happens? You say cherish, and my response in my head is, well, of course I love her. And that's not what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. So why do you think it makes a difference? Because the word love 
if he says to her, I love you, the word love is so ambiguous, whereas cherish doesn't have that ambiguity to it. It's still pristine. It's still very clear that that is a very, very powerful word. So that idea of cherishing is a very important concept, very important element of being sound in love. How do I do sound in love? What does that look like? Well, there are some great ways that we want to practice sound in love, but we want to go to another scripture to be able to practice it. This is very, very practical when you start looking at 1 Peter chapter 3. Most of the time, we mention 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and it's aimed at women. Yes, sir. Verse 7 is aimed at men. We don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Because we want to help men understand how to practice being sound in love. Being sound in love is critical for a man to be able to practice it, not just talk about it, but to actually practice it. And here's what it says, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now that's very, I love this verse, but most people aren't going to pay attention to something that's extremely important here. It fits into an overall context, and the overall context is all about the same thing that the, that, uh, the Apostle Peter is telling wives. He starts in verse 1 and says, wives likewise. In verse 7 it says, husbands likewise. Likewise what? I would hope that would go through our minds. Likewise, what? Well, instead of giving you all the context here, I'll just give you the answer. When you are being treated unjustly. Wow. What? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because the context, starting back in about verse 13 of chapter 2, is all about unjust suffering, which the, uh, the example that's provided in the last part of chapter 2 is Christ being beaten and ultimately crucified. And he trusted the Father to take care of him, even though he was going through that unjust suffering. Starts in verse 1. Wives, likewise, when you are treated unjustly, goes through five, six verses saying, here's how I want you to act. Verse seven, husbands, likewise. We never think about this part of it, do we? Husbands, when you are treated unjustly, here is by your wife, <laughs> because that's the context again. It's in the, in, the, in the marriage. When you are treated unjustly by your wife, I want you to do these things, three critical things. Dwell with them with understanding. Give honor to them as a weaker vessel because they are a fellow heir of yours. They are a fellow heir of yours in the grace of God. That is how we want to be thinking about these things. So that is the three aspects Spend time with her, be understanding and considerate of her, be chivalrous and honor her. Those are the three ways that you can practice a sound love. Spend time with her. Whoa, really? Just dwell with her is what it's saying here. I want you to take the time and simply dwell with her. Not only that, but be understanding and considerate to her. Because here's the thing that this verse totally blows out of the water 
any statements related to men not being able to understand their wives. And this is where I want to highlight it, pound the table, because this is so contrary to what I've been taught most of my life. That's right. It all leads to the fact that most of the world is saying, men, you can't understand women. You can't understand women. Yes, you can. You can understand them. You can understand them because it says live with them in an understanding way. You are to understand them and be considerate of them. And then finally, be honor, uh, be a chivalrous and honor her. That is critical. Those are three amazing things that a man can do that are very practical. Spend time with her. Figure out how she works. What is it that you can understand about her? Be considerate about her. Understand the differences between you and her and make certain that you're always honoring her, being chivalrous to her. We can talk about some practical ways to even do those things here right after the break. I will, but one more time. This scripture is? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, specifically that I can have understanding, not that it's not possible. God's Word says it is, and I should. GreatRelationships.com, GR numeral 8, Relationships.com is the website. We encourage you to go there, share with your friends, and if you're like me and you need to hear something seven times, there you go. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Unconditional love is not tolerance. Love stands for truth and boundaries. Love does not rejoice in evil or what is bad. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Jackhammers, saws, pliers. Is your toolbox complete? Add some critical thinking tools to your kit as you listen to Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. Have you ever stayed in a hotel in which you had to keep the lights on? The reason, of course, is that you don't want to hear this sound. Whoa, baby, you don't want to hear that sound. That's right, it's the sound of cockroaches. So why do you keep the light on? Because the roaches hide in the walls from the light. Funny, people too often rush to the darkness when the light of truth has shined on them. In his discussion of the habits people develop in suppressing truth, Paul lists their foolish hearts are darkened as habit number four. Apparently, as Jesus said, men do love darkness rather than light. That's why Christians need to let the light of His truth shine in and through us to dispel darkness. Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, go to worldview.org. back great relationships that's gr numeral eight relationships.com on the web you can go back and listen to this and other programs sharing with your friends so listen before the break you were talking about first peter chapter three verse seven right and here's the thing as i'm hearing you talk and i'm going to be honest as i'm hearing you talk 
I can identify myself to Jacob, you know, in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I'm just plodding off, doing this on my own, Mm -hmm. thinking to be obedient to God, but it's me. And you said when we started talking about it that you have to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So I got back to thinking about Genesis 28, 16, where Jacob wakes up and says, you know what? God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. Right. And another thing to tack onto that that we mentioned last week, and we're wanting to remind ourselves of this, it's very important. We're not trying to improve relationships. That sounds awful, doesn't it? (laughs) That we're not trying to improve relationships. No, we actually aren't. We're wanting you to go for a completely new and different relationship, and that new and different relationship is Jesus Christ living through you. And and I think that that's what we get with the story of Jacob in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to let go mm-hmm. of the pre-incarnate Christ until he gets that blessing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't improve what he had. It made it a whole new class of living. Right. And it's so easy to look at what I'm giving to you here, and it's going to seem like overwhelming. Seven elements of love? How am I going to remember even two of them? And now you're getting ready to tell me there's three aspects that I'm to practice. It can become very confusing, and it will be confusing if you try to do this on your own. That requires you to be in God's Word, studying these passages so it becomes part of you. And one of the easiest ways to help this become part of you is to practice these very things that we're talking about here in First Peter chapter 3. Well, I had asked you before the break, how do we do sound in love? You know, kind of God was in this place and I didn't even know it. How do I open the door and let God and the person of the Holy Spirit operate through me. How do I do this sound in love? Right. If we don't do this practicing, the first Peter chapter three, verse seven, if we don't practice spending time with it, dwell with them, dwell with them. Why is God asking us to do that? What did we learn about the design of a woman? Ladies, your day's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but men right now, we're talking to you. God wants us to dwell with them. Why? Because they're designed to be relational. I'm not designed to be relational. God is wanting me to meet her where her design is, to spend time with her. And dwell with her means to imply physical proximity, that I'm there with her, to remain in touch with her. And that's one of the key reasons that we are not big on any couple separating. No matter how bad the situation is, apart from physical abuse and things of that nature, I am for a couple staying together because if a couple stays together, they can operate in real time. And great relationships, real relationships, operate in real time giving you a chance to change. If you're not in proximity with each other, you can't change the relationship. So it it's imperative that a man dwell with his wife, meaning spend time with her, work through the situations that you're struggling with. And how are we to do that? Well, here's some simple, very, very practical things that Dr. Howe said to Louie and I back in 1991, weekly date night. Make certain that you have at least one night a week where the kids aren't involved you and your wife are spending time together. Now, that might feel a little bit strange if you're having a difficulty in your relationship, but go spend time together. And where's the focus? The focus is on you doing what's right, not whether other people are doing what's right. See, this is a matter of you standing before the Lord and saying, I'm going to do what you want me to do. 
it's not having any expectations, not having any mutuality involved in the situation. It's simply saying, I'm going to do this. And I hope that she's willing to do it in return. I'm hoping that she is willing to spend the time with me at the same time. So that is a critical issue. It's a situation that she may not want to do that. I understand. But a man would still do these things I want to spend some time with you. I want to have a date night with you. Uh, I want to okay. be able to spend. In fact, here's one of the here's one of the things that most often Louis asks me to do, and it is so common for many women to to uh, ask for this. She would often call me at work, and I would feel like that was an interruption of my time. Uh, what we ended up doing is I would try to find a time to call her. That really met her needs in many ways. I would take the time out of my work to call her. So it's not only a date night, but actually during the day, two or three times during the day, I would actually take the time to actually call her to see how her day was going. That and she it, liked that? Yes, she did. I'm taking she notes. She absolutely, absolutely liked that. Uh, watch movies that she likes to watch. You know, if you uh, go to the movies or watch it on TV, watch the movies she likes to watch. And here's a here's a big one. Go shopping with her. (laughs) Those are all opportunities that you can dwell with her, spend time with her. And if you are dwelling with her, that means that you are doing the very thing that meets her relational design taking the time to try to understand her, which takes us to the next item. Okay, but while we're still here, quick question, if I may, because I'm kind of selfish. Not that this has never happened, but my wife says, of course I'm going to dinner with you, but it doesn't mean I've forgiven you. Or she'll say, I don't want to go to dinner with you. I'm still mad at you. That's her choice. There is no doubt about it. That's an awful thing that people that constantly hear this idea about freedom, they hate to hear those words. That's your choice. But you know what's next out of my mouth? But Herman said we have to have a date night. You're going. Yeah, and that's absolutely wrong. It would be, I really just want to do it to be able to spend time with you, honey. Uh, is there another way that we could spend time that you wouldn't feel would be so uh, intimidating to you or that you might enjoy? Could we sp- spend the time together differently? That's all you're wanting to do. And again, your your attitude is doing what God wants you to do, not whether you're going to get her to change. It has nothing to do with her changing. It has nothing to do with her changing her mentality toward you. It's all about doing what God has asked you to do. Okay. And so that first aspect is to dwell with them. Second aspect is with understanding. We talked about that very briefly. You can understand your wife. You really can. Why do we not understand our wives? Because we don't spend time with them. We don't, we don't get to know them. We don't actually look and try to find what's, what's actually going, going on with them. So uh, that requires us to listen and ask questions. But it says to me to dwell with them as the weaker vessel. Well, the weaker vessel is coming. We'll talk about that in a second. The issue is if you don't dwell with them with understanding, meaning talking asking questions, being considerate, as we talked about a little earlier, you will not be able to understand her if you're not asking questions. Too much of the time, we end up being silent around each other or making statements toward each other as opposed to asking questions of each other. Okay. Now, in another course that you have, Great Leaders, GR8Leaders.com, you have the formula for listening. And I just want to draw this out. That formula is? That formula is humility plus focus 
plus curiosity. Now, just think about those three elements. Humility. This is not about me. I'm not sitting here talking to my wife because this is about me. It's about her. Humility. Putting the her in front of you. Focus. I'm going to remove my attention from anything else other than her. And thirdly, I'm going to be curious about what's going on in her mind so that I can understand her better. When you put those three elements together, there's a great great opportunity and a great likelihood you'll actually be listening. So that's, I appreciate you bringing that up. That is a critical under, critical aspect of understanding your wife. Ask questions. Now, if she's not willing to talk, then it's not going to help. Well, she's not willing to talk because I'm not willing to listen. I ask a question, but I'm not listening, and that's why I ask for help. And when you're asking questions, it's not an interrogation. <laughs> it's not an interrogation at all. Well, there you go. This is Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Good Lord willing, back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back, greatrelationships.com, grnumeral8relationships.com. Herman, there's this old adage that says you are in control of what you say, not what they heard. <laughs> very true. Very true. It's the same aspect of freedom when you, when you uh, deal with those type of things. So is that like offense is always taken, it's never given? We end up, unfortunately, taking offense uh, too much of the time, and the other person didn't mean to be offensive at all. Okay, why am I saying this? Before the break, we were talking about date night and conditions for date night and giving freedom and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and the fact that when I try and ask questions, 
it's not working because my partner is convinced that I'm not listening. That's right. We and you have, gave us a formula. Yeah, and what what that tends to do is take you into chapter five here in the four mistakes and the problem. Too much of the time, people think that they are being able to read the other person's mind. I know, I know what you meant by that. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't know what they meant by that. You can't read their mind. And too often we have this mindset that we can read the other person's mind. No, you can't. All you can do is ask questions. So what we were talking about is the three practical ways that we can show love to our wives is to dwell with them with understanding and then the last thing is that we are to give honor to our wives as a weaker vessel. And boy, that is going to, you know, create some difficulties for a lot of people because they only focus on the weaker vessel. God is saying giving honor to their wife as the weaker vessel. Now, too many people will make the argument on weaker vessel the same way that they will start thinking about the roles of men and women. What's our statement about the roles of men and women and their design? Oh, oh, equal in value and different in design. And role. Different in design and role. Well, weaker does the same type of thing. It tries to create a value argument. That isn't about value. It's about the fact that a man is to be protecting her because she is designed to be underpowered in those particular areas. He is to be protecting her. It's not about her design from the viewpoint of she is somehow inferior to him. It has no bearing on that. God designed her to be cherished, is that a good statement? That is a great statement. He designed her to be dependent. And that's the reason why what we see here, when we see the weaker vessel, too many women are going to be taking offense at that, and they're going to be looking at this saying, well, you're putting women down that they have to be taken care of, they have to be protected, that they're weaker than men. I am simply giving you what God's Word is saying. It has no bearing on something that's negative toward a woman. It has everything to be saying what is positive about a woman, that she is designed to be relational, and the only way her great design can come out is for a man to do his job, which is protect her. <laughs> what I have found more often than not, and you've heard me say this, when I have dealt with strident feminists and I get them into their really honest open statement, inevitably, this is the type of thing that will show up with them. I just wish I had somebody to take care of me. I just wish I had somebody to, you know, provide for me. And it doesn't make them weak or inept. It's what they were designed it's to what do they're designed to be to do. cared for. That's exactly right. And if a man is not doing his role, it makes it more difficult for a woman to do her role. But both of you are still responsible to do what God has asked you to do, whether the other one is doing right or not. Wow, back to the Garden of Eden. That's absolutely true. So how can we give honor to our wives? I think this is, this is one of the things that, that is fun for, for me. And it doesn't, I don't get a chance to do this quite as often, but it used to be we had a dinner club that we operated with a, a number of couples. And one of the simple, honor, chivalrous, gracious things that a man can do, how simple, is to simply stand up when a woman comes to a table. Why not do that? 
that shows honor to a woman. That's that sets her up as saying, I really think highly of women. I'm not wanting to take advantage of them. I think very highly of women, so much so that I treat you differently than I treat a man, not negatively, but positively. <laughs> well, I've heard you say many times when people come to small group in your home, you can tell how the relationship is because who's not walking with whom you you led right into my second thing <laughs> sorry <laughs> you you're great that's exactly right because that's what I would ask a man to do. Walk beside your wife, not in front or behind. Walk but beside her. But isn't that her. what the scripture you keep giving us is saying? Walk beside your wife? Well, be with her. Understand her. That's exactly right. Open doors for her. But you know that these are the things that you believe very strongly that you are to give honor to women because that's how God has designed you with your testosterone to be powerful, to protect, provide, and preserve. And a woman is designed to be relational, to be taken care of. And that is not appreciated in today's vernacular. Okay, you've really piqued my curiosity, and I want to know more, and I can't wait until next time. I can go to the website, greatrelationships.com. Where should I be snooping around? You should be looking at chapter two, chapter three, chapter four, (laughs) but not chapter four yet, because that's a judgment that we've never gotten into yet. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, there's 12 chapters and a lot of material, but specifically, you want me to look at... Chapter three, the second section of chapter three is about real men. Okay, we're going to have to continue this next time. So until next time, Herman and Paul with you at Great Relationships, that's GR, numeral eight, relationships.com. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow! I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing! I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.